For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. This is Sonny Strait, the voice of many of the voices that you grew up on. Yes, I raised all of you ungrateful bastards, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Kamehameha, bitches! Welcome to The Gig Show on thegigshow.co.uk, part of the Gig Show Podcast Network. The best things to come in your ears since ever. Oh, shizzle. And uh, yes, we're talking about inner cities today, and I am Rob, I haven't been on the show for a little while, and also on the show this week, we have a very big cast of people. Too. A nizzle. So who else is on? Don't leave me hanging, bro. We got I'm me. on, I will leave you hanging, alright. We just all talk at the same time, that's going to work well. There's me, obviously, well, not obviously, actually. I've only been on once before, but I'm Craig. I'm Aidan, and this is my first time on The Geek Show, but you may know me from Cinema Eclectica. Good. Hey, my name's Aidan Feck, and you may remember me from such shows as Cinema Eclectica, but I'm not going to do that right now. Oh, dear God. What a brilliant star. Did he do a Troy McClure? Yes, I did. <laughs> that's Ryan. That's Rob. Business. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Let's do it, home dog. Business. We've got news. We've got yes, news. we've got news. Starting off with Mars is wet. So, Matt so Damon wet. made Mars wet. Do you want to reword that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give that a little bit of context? M- Mars is moist. <laughs> they found water on Mars. Moist Mars, starring Matt Damon. There was always a suspicion that there was actually water on Mars because there was lots of evidence, but they never actually had any real evidence. Well, they never actually proved it until Matt Damon went there. Yeah, yeah, Matt Damon. Movies are real, Saving lives. Yes, saving his own money. Life. Saving his own life. Make, making us really, really want to go to go to Mars because it's it's, it's wet. Yeah, and um, and, and you can and do Mars's science there. Apparently, out, it turns out. Yeah, Mars's parents are out. It just looks like Tunisia with the colour correcting on. <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> you see, that's, fair, yeah, I've got a point. <laughs> but that, that's kind of what they do in movies. You know, Star Wars. It's not a galaxy far, far away. Tunisia. What's Boom! Drop my uh, sand people. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's, it's, it's George Lucas is kind of racist. He's suggesting that sand people are Tunisians. <laughs> racist. <laughs> oh, what a fantastic. He was just racist, George Lucas. <laughs> yes. and, then, and then he made George Arbings. Yeah, he's not racist oh, at so all. That's why Disney bought them. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Misa isn't racist, sir. Rob did a racist. 
But then again, Disney. No, no, not Disney. It was Star Wars, wasn't it? Star yeah, Wars it was Star it Wars. So Star yeah. Wars did it first. Yes. So it's not. It's technically not racist. You're just reciting it. Yes. Yes, I am. There was, there was Disney racism before, though. Black Rose and Dumbo, anyone? I love Dumbo, but my God, that makes it hard to like that movie. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't know how we got from Mars to racist Crows and Dumbo, but... <laughs> you think racist Crows and Dumbo? Do you not remember the Kiora adverts? Well, that was like... Kiora! What was that, 1990s? It's too it? orangey for Crows. It's just for me and my dog. It's 1990s. I'll that be was your nice. dog. Oh, I'm not being listened to, clearly. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. <laughs> no, not Nightmare fuel is, is the Judderman. Google it, you'll thank me. The okay. the Judo Man. Yeah, I think it was for like, schnapps. It was a schnapps advert in the early 90s. But you were like six then, so you won't remember that. <laughs> Actually, you were, weren't you? Oh. <laughs> 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 That's both a, a horrible joke and technically accurate. <laughs> oh, good, good Lord. Uh, <laughs> so uh, where were we? Again? I think I'll win this week's show. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we were on Mars is Wet. Ah, oh, right. So, yeah, they found water on Mars. But interestingly enough, Vegas has started putting odds on who's going to make it to Mars first. Yeah, uh, they, they they seem to think that um, SpaceX is uh, going to go there first with odds of 5-1 to one against NASA, mm-hmm. which is kind of impressive if you think about it, because they, they, were, they were no one, like, a couple of years ago. And now, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a pity it's not a, a British company, because when British do space travel, it just backfires so spectacularly. Well, it's it's private funding versus public, so... Yeah. Well, this, the next space race is obviously going to be between companies. Yeah, and yeah. they're gonna you are gonna have you're gonna have spaceships you're gonna have uh, so you rockets say, going up you know with like corporate sponsors and stuff like that. <laughs> so are you saying we're gonna have rockets built by Apple and then Microsoft? And no, Mount, no, they'll be built by Mountain Dew. Mount Field yeah. by Mountain yeah. Dew. Yeah. It's not Mountain Dew anymore. Saying. They've dropped the they've they'll, dropped the vowels. Uh, it's Mittenden. Mittenden. Yeah, at some point you'll just things. you'll just have uh, a rocket going up with "Just Do It" on the, written on the side. Of it. <laughs> well, so you're telling me you're telling me a long thin object. With just doing it on the side, it's going to be heading towards a slightly moist planet. Yes, Let's, I think Matt Damon Michelle, might be on board. <laughs> I think on that bombshell, we 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 shimmy away from that news story into safer work territory. Yeah, safer work territory. So we're slipping oh, out of our sexy negligee and putting on our business. <laughs> yes, yes, we're business now. Safer, uh, safer territory on this show. Um, it's not going to happen probably. But anyway, moving on. Uh, researchers at Itmore University. <laughs> I mean, is that what it's, it's called? More, it's more university in, it's more. in Russia have oh, right. found a way to uh, to fold mutilated proteins back into the right shape. Basically, they've found a way to unboil an egg. Why? Uh, because it's science and because they can. But well, have you never over poached an egg? Yeah, I just brought it a while all in the bin. Oh. No, you just now. There's a whole way we could just take that back a step, and then you can ha- you can dunk your soldiers. Basically, it sounds like a weird gem sort yeah. of. A couple uh, of weeks, yeah. a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago, they made, there was an announcement that scientists had actually found a way to partially unboil an egg, but now that it looks like they've gone the full effect, and they're calling it the Phoenix effect. Do you think obviously. it was? Do you think it was oh, like the, the new guy in the science department, and it wasn't actually a, 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 a expanding thing in technology or, or understanding? It was just a guy doing really bad sleight of hand. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, like, highballed egg, and he puts it under his sleeve, and then he's got a new egg. Is it going to be like the little Britain one? Look at my eyes, look at my eyes. Is, Don't look at the egg, look at my eyes. Is there, <laughs> is there advantages to doing this? Does it preserve the egg more? Or? Well, apparently... Uh, this is where it gets a little bit confusing, right? The mutilated proteins, it's basically, you know when you when you break a bone, right? Yeah. 
and the bone heals, but it heals stronger than it was before because it's healed in a way that's supposed to prevent it breaking again. Mm. Right? The proteins ca- seem to act in a very similar way, so they actually repair themselves and then come back stronger. So if you then <coughs> ma- turn this egg into an actual chicken, does that m- then make it a stronger chicken than the normal chicken? What goes on? I don't know. And this is how horror movies begin. Is this how the chicken zombie exploitation genre started? Possibly. Is this how we got Kentucky Fried Zombies or whatever it was called? I don't K- know. KFZ. KFZ. Yeah. If you, it was Kentucky Fried Zombies. You think the humans would turn it around and start eating the zombies because they say so? Finger licking good. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> hey, hey, if a zombie was dipped in that Kentucky Fried you know, batter, I'd have a go. Okay. I don't even. Want to, I, I'm not <laughs> don't even going to quali- uh, qualify that with a with a, with a retort. You see, that's what I'm here for. Rob <laughs> makes himself sound like a murderer again. <laughs> I've completely missed everything you guys have said. <laughs> I, I've been reading up on on uh, protein folding. Actually, literally just then, turns out that. Um, Alzheimer's disease. That's because of mutated proteins. Oh, is that what it's for? So they could actually. Do a lot of good with this. It's not just about the eggs. Ah. What, what you missed uh, is me uh, establishing I wouldn't mind trying cannibalism if people were dumped in KFC. Uh, <laughs> in the batter from KFC. That's, that's I, what, I uh, could go with an arm or an egg. Hmm. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't go anything like, you know, too, too bony. You want to get a lot of meat on there. Mm. I imagine that... Um, if well, you get all the bone, it'll be quite <laughs> quite gristly or something. Yeah. Buttocks, buttocks are I, I was about to say buttocks, and there's K- one that's uh, well, there's, Kentucky Fried. There's one. There's one part that's pretty much pure muscle. <laughs> yeah, let's move on from that. <laughs> Next new story. Next story. <laughs> but I thought you, if you dipped it in KFC batter, you'd eat it. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen, Rob. <laughs> you see, Rob, what you're doing is slander. So move, move on. <laughs> move on. Anyway, moving on. Um, Artificial intelligence has reached the age of four, and I don't mean that uh, that in terms of it's a you know let's celebrate its birthday. I mean it, it, it's reached the IQ of a four year old, so and it's, it's still learning. Its intelligence has evolved to that of a four year old. Is it yeah. needy? It's an AI system called so ConceptNet. What that, what that AI does is just throw its own poop at the wall and, and draw your things badly with that, backwards R's. That's so the I want. Oh, really? Mm. Or it's mine. It's just saying it's mine to all the resources. Yes, yes it is. Just hogging all the RAM. Yep. I think saying it's evolved to the age of a four-year-old is kind of misleading and confusing. Because we obviously relate that to humans. See, when when you say it's... Uh, this is the thing, right? Um, I've looked... Uh, I've got loads of nephews and nieces, and I remember when they were four. And there were, and you, you remember when Jessica was four, and she was repeating everything that you said. Hmm. So is this going around repeating everything that the scientists oh say my about specific God. things that <laughs> the scientists say? Imagine if it had access to the internet. I know. <laughs> oh. What's <laughs> incognito mode? <laughs> poor, poor robot. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a robot. Always it, it, ends up it, it, I'm assuming it's a robot. It's just a, it's just a big computer. <laughs> so it's, Secret it, shopping. So it's... Oh, I don't even know. It's an artificial that. intelligence. Yeah, no, but it. The, the, the purpose of artificial intelligence is to attach it to something. Yeah, uh, in this case, a uh, uh, big-ass computer. 
It's kind of boring. Maybe, yeah, maybe one day we'll have a, a proper artificial intelligence in games, and then you get to see their actual cries when you kill someone. <laughs> Sorry, just, was, uh, can you imagine yeah, if the transport? <laughs> can you imagine if they're transporting the comp- uh, you know this artificial intelligence somewhere? You know, to put it on display. And it's just from just from the back of the van. All, all you can hear is, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" <laughs> Because using the terms four-year-old, it's kind of misleading, isn't it? <laughs> I need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or if they're passing, like, a toy store, I want one of those. <laughs> and then from the back, wah! Made, you made the movie her very, very different now. <laughs> I want this to be a real thing. <laughs> okay, next news story. <laughs> Keeping this weird ball of momentum rolling. Yes. Um, moving on to flowers, because we, we cover everything here. Scientists have discovered a new species of orchid. And, you know, obviously all the flowers, all the people who love flowers are going, yay, a new species of flower. Only problem is it's been on sale in florists for, since 2013. A florist like, got some sort of only insi- just discovered it. A florist got some sort of insiders. Is it is like a cult of florists? <laughs> no, they've all they, got access. They've to just, been, just imagine them. They've just been using it on like displays and stuff like that since 2013, and people have been putting them in their houses. Nah, and I think florists have got some sort of you know thrown or something. It's, it's one of those rare occasions when scientists basically are behind ev- the rest of the world. It's <laughs> middle I mean. I've got a very stereotypical view of florists, and they're all middle-aged housewives. So, yeah, but even, <laughs> middle-aged they're, they're, housewives they're, they're are all literally the, the perfect people to be spies and stuff because yeah. you oh just God, wouldn't yeah. suspect them. They're no, too no, busy no, trying to make the dinners. It's a secret society of florists. Norumba, <laughs> that's a, that's what I imagine the chance being. Norumba, they, they meet up in like Glastonbury Abbey. Yeah, hoods on. <laughs> all around this thing and they're just like yes and I'm going to finish that to talk about how you know how dreamy Ed Sheeran is yeah yeah maybe uh, maybe they oh, could God. do the Gregorian chant but it'd be more like uh, but the words would actually be more like seals kiss from a rose yeah yeah I can imagine that <laughs> kiss from a rose <laughs> or just reciting bits from Fifty Shades because yes <laughs> this is a very weird cult that we've imagined <laughs> which the means it could kind. be. Which means it could be true. Truth is always stranger than fiction. Yes, maybe one aspect of it's true, but if it's like the whole bingo card we've got of truth, uh, yes, that's a weird one. Anyway, um, this orchid is called the Big Pink, and it's uh, it was originally thought to be a hybrid because nobody bothered to check. Everyone just assumed that somebody else had checked. And it's, uh, I didn't tell you because you didn't ask. Yeah, it is basically, which <laughs> is kind of stupid in a scientific excuse. world. In the scientific world, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I mean, scientists are kind of notorious for always uh, for checking their facts. So when they don't, it's just kind of yeah. Guess you're human too, and you're not really a robot. Well, it should spend less time putting you know ears on the backs of rats and actually doing stuff, <laughs> or poaching their eggs, <laughs> yeah. actually eating their eggs instead of playing with them like children. <laughs> it's all tying back together. It's. Yeah. Callbacks, man, callbacks. Anyway, um, uh, final final piece of news, and this one's kind of a sad piece of news for um, uh, for anime fans. Manglobe Studio uh, over in Japan has declared bankruptcy, and they've filed for bankruptcy. They are the studio that animated Samurai Champloo Ergo Proxy, 
Um, Mitch got a hatch in... Like, um, of the, say, 2005 to... No, 2000 to about 2008? Yeah. Uh, they were like one of the more original and inventive studios. Yeah, they're the ones who, uh, who animated quite a lot of stuff. They took risks, and I think... Yeah. That's, a, that's the problem with that industry. I mean, when the... In, I mean, a ranty sort of approach here. When an industry is... Tastemakers are all teenagers who have got very raging libidos. Yes. It's going to take things which, like, you know, have a ri- like, an element of risk-taking about them. Well, They're going to get hit hard. Thing is, and the, Mangalo did sort of cater to that a little bit, but they did take risks. and I They think took that, a lot of risks. I mean, uh, it's a tragedy because there's some very, very talented people there. Yeah, they did, they're the ones who animated House of Five Leaves, which is that... Very, very talented people. Yeah. And very distinct style they had as well. They put themselves out there with shows like Michiko Tahachin, which, you know, didn't really do well over in the UK mainly because of uh, a certain uh, certain review written by a certain person in a certain anime <coughs> magazine who... Uh, I'm you not going to go you there. mean that one from The Matrix? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, you know, um, the person who gave Kill la Kill a 10 and called it a masterpiece and gave, uh, and called Mitch Got the Hatch in a 6. Shame. So, you give it a 5, actually. Sh- uh, a 5, sorry. Shame, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even qualify the level of rage... It's this position of power that was abused, and it's it's a very, very, very. It's very actually yeah. it's yeah. actually detrimental to the industry, uh, to the the UK side of the distribution industry, basically, uh, and the industry over in Japan. I mean, it's not it's not affecting like the British reception of one series isn't affecting like the ultimate run of Mangal, but it didn't it didn't help. At no, the same time. it does it doesn't help. And I, 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 a lot of Mangalobes I've really appreciated. They've been very. One of the consistence of the better stuff that I've seen. Well, Manglob tried, originally tried to just focus on doing more left-field stuff, doing more experimental stuff, and doing more stuff that interested them. But they couldn't make enough money from it, so I, they ended up true. having to cater to the masses. With uh, And their they, first series that did that was The Sacred Blacksmith. Didn't they do was, man, Mind Game? Um, I'm confusing them with somebody else. No, um, they didn't do Mind Game. Okay. You're confusing that with somebody else. Yeah, it may be because Mind Game sounds a bit like Manglob that you're thinking. I know my own brain. But this <laughs> I is, know this your is brain too. I hope, I hope it, um, it's not the end for these people because some very talented people out there. I hope they're not just like, sort of consumed into well, other studios and well, just become... something may come out of the ashes of this. I, I mean, much in the way of the video game, um, what were they called? The people who did Beautiful Joe originally. Oh, what were they yeah. called? I know who you mean. But yeah. they're they're changed and they yeah. became. I can't remember what they're called now. Either that's a really bad analogy. <laughs> <laughs> a studio that I can't remember the name of changing it with another studio that I can't remember the name of. I don't know. Yay. I to the internet. But um, the, recently they did... Oh, I've just forgotten everything that ever existed. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you mean. But oh. they've they're, they're, they're found a new niche for themselves. And they yeah. took equal risks. Because before like, they changed the name, they, were, they, they put out Akami. Yeah. They used to be called Clover. That's it, Clover. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. it, yeah. And that's a very, very risky game. It's basically an intent, like a Zelda clone for those people who want to reduce everything to the basis components. Well, just but to give you, they're a risky company, yeah. and they've got a new life. Just now. to so give you an idea of just the kind that. of quality that could come out of Manglobe. Do you remember how high the production values were in Dead Man Wonderland? Yeah, but the series was awful. The series was awful, but do you remember the production quality yeah, yeah, it's itself? Very, very quality. Yeah, quality. That's Manglobe. Yeah, that's the kind of level they could, uh, they could do. So it's a pity. It's a pity. I hope good future for everybody involved there because they do deserve it. Yes. Anyway, um, we're going to take a break there and we're going to be back with some reviews. We've got uh, some uh, interesting and... uh, We've got a football competition going on in the middle of the reviews, I think. 
A football competition. Yeah, we're competing the two big titles, FIFA and PES. Yes. So yes, who yeah. who wins this year? They're comparing the balls. Make it where you're drying. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching that baller versus baller trailer for the NBA game? Well, you're, I have no idea what you're on about. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have been as weird if you weren't sat in the corner comparing balls. Yeah, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> Hi, I'm Destiny Blue, the anime artist, and I like drawing and The Geek Show, which you are currently listening to. And now we're in the review section where the two Robs are going to compare the balls. Well, no. First, I have to find my balls in Lost Dimension. Um... (laughs) (laughs) He's gone. He's gone. (laughs) He broke Ryan. Anyway, Rob. (laughs) Defining your balls in Lost Dimension. (laughs) Lost Dimension, what is this? Yes. Right, okay. Uh, it's uh, obviously a, it's a 2014, uh, 2014 release that's just come out in the UK from various companies, Atlas and NAS America. Basically, it's uh, one of those... Um, it, it's a very, very Japanese anime-style game, but it's uh, also a CG kind of anime-style game. The world has been attacked by a character called The End. Yes. He has dropped a giant tower onto the world, and he is now attacking various things. Two billion people dead. Everybody's panicking, and so we must summon the, uh, the, the 13. They are the, the people with psychic abilities, but the problem is their psychic abilities aren't really that impressive. You can, you, you've got kind of ghetto magneto who can only vaguely use electromagnetism to do various things like make things float. But the things he can make float are like little pieces of metal. <laughs> you know, he can't use it on cars and stuff like that or anything that's really useful. you got some people who can use light to make little flashes of light that will blind you for a second and then they can run away. And various people like that. And these are the people who are supposed to save the world from the end. So it's the 13 annoyances. <laughs> kind of, yeah. But one of them is a traitor, apparently, because... You, uh, they go through all this, uh, all this spiel at the beginning, nice little animated sequences, everything like that, and then you start off the game, immediately thrown into the action, and it takes you through, uh, walks you through a t- tutorial where you work out how to play the game, everything like that. And it turns out, after you've done your first mission, you end up in a room, like a safe area, the end makes his appearance and announces that, yes, yes, I wiped all your memories, you were here before, that's why you can't remember anything. So, here's the thing, one of you is a traitor, you've got to figure out which one. Bye. And he leaves. So then you have to go around talking to the other people involved and you have to work out who the traitor is because apparently you are in charge. 12 angry anime stereotypes. Basically, yes. And each time you advance to, advance to a new level of the tower, you get rid of one of the people, uh, of the person who you think is the traitor. And that keeps going, that keeps going until, you know, uh, you beat the end. At the end, problem is everything is. Uh, it has this interesting trust-based system, which uh, uh, and your level of trust increases the more you talk to the other characters, and the more you fight with the other characters. But it doesn't work with the other characters. It's a very kind of. It's a very half-baked thing because it only works in favor of you, but it doesn't really work with the other characters. They can't build up trust with each other by fighting with each other. If that makes sense. So when it comes to making the final decision about who is the actual traitor, it feels a little kind of, you know, it's all on you, it's your decision. But if you're going to make it, if you're going to make it the player's decision, then just be arbitrary about it and don't rely on a trust system. Just say, right, I don't believe you, I think you're the traitor, you can, you know, sling your rock, go do whatever. It is a bit like Danganronpa, in a sense. 
in that particular sense because you have to try and pick up clue, verbal clues and stuff like that. But you also have the combat, and the combat is actually quite interesting because, uh, but it is also a little bit annoying. You have a circle where you can move in, but the more you move in the circle, the narrower your field of movement, so you can't run round all over the place. And then when you try and backtrack on yourself, you can only go in a straight line. I didn't understand that at all. I've got a circle where I can move. Could I not move anywhere within the circle? No. As soon as I get to the end of my movement thing, I can only go backwards in a straight line. I can't move anywhere in the circle. So I have to basically cancel my actions entirely and start again, which is really annoying. But aside from that, the combat's okay. And it's got a nice system where you can link up with other characters. They will, If you're near another character who has a follow-up attack, they will automatically engage it without you needing to do anything which makes taking on enemies that little bit easier. And the enemies do progressively get hard, get more and more difficult. The big problem with the game is that there's 13 characters to start off with, and you. And all of these characters have some kind of personality you don't. You know, your presence in there is just kind of... There's, there's no point to you actually being there. And the reason, what, the whole idea of your memories being wiped is, is, is it a creator of, character, though? Is it a, no? It's an a, actual, it's, proper, a, it's, it's, it's an actual proper character. He's there on the cover of the game. Okay. You know, and I'm like if it was a creator character, it would make more sense. You know, if mm. you could pick from pick your own face and body type and stuff like that, I could actually accept the character more. But because they've arbitrarily given me a face and stuff like that, I feel disconnected from the character. So having no background and nobody mis- distrusting me really doesn't make me connect with the character at maybe all. Maybe you're the traitor. See, this is the thing. My first thought was, well, hang on, that, uh, maybe I'm the traitor. And as I'm playing through, other people are basically saying, oh, no, this is the, you know, I'm saying this is the traitor, this is the traitor. But nobody's, ever, nobody's accusing me of being the traitor. Maybe that's a big twist that's yet to come. But the thing is, it's, it's then telegraphed really, really quickly that you're the traitor. You, you pick if, up on if it. If that is the case, yeah. If that is the case, you, know, you pick up on it really, really quickly. And that's my point. Because you're disconnected from the character, you, you, it doesn't draw you in as much as it could. It's actually a surprisingly interesting game, even though it uses age-old tropes from loads of other games and loads of other anime and loads of other movies and comics and whatever. It's actually a surprisingly solid game to play. It does remind me a little bit of Akiba's Strip, only without all the you know tearing off of clothes. Yeah, I thought that was the one. Yeah, it does remind me a little bit of that, only without the tearing off of clothes. And also, it lacks the charm of Akiba's Trip. Uh, I found Akiba's Trip weirdly uh, weirdly uh, enjoyable. Endearingly silly. It was endearingly <laughs> silly. I mean, one of the, one of the weapons in uh, Akiba's Trip, you have a laptop, and the ultimate attack with the laptop is you hitting your head on it. <laughs> Wow! You just basically squat down and start bashing it against your head while you're while you're inching forward against your enemy, and I didn't understand why that was the case, but I went with it. So it's similar to like the hammer from Donkey Kong. Yeah, basically, yeah. made no sense, but was fun. This one is just kind of super, super, super serious. Little flashes of comedy every now and then, but everything super serious, end of the world kind of thing. It's enjoyable. It'll appeal to it'll appeal to you know JRPG fans. I'm pretty sure hardcore more than you know mm. hardcore JRPG fans. But it's 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 one of those games that is difficult to recommend because of the disconnect with the characters and because the whole trust system just seems a bit too uh, you know just be arbitrary with it. You don't need the trust system if you're making the decisions. 
Okay. It really is that simple. Danganronpa did that much better. Um, my turn? No. I suppose it's the FIFA and uh, Pez off now. Um, there's not really much of an intro you can give it to it. It's the latest uh, in 2016 edition of Pez on the PS4 um, by Konami, which is their only AAA title anymore, unfortunately. But they do put a lot of no expense spared into this, with the exception of the uh, the, the like, Premiership. The, the license. Who cares? Who cares about the Premiership? I mean, the thing about the thing that's great about uh, Pez is the community. Uh, the community is very well aware of the fact that it, it, it lacks the licenses. So there's, there's people in the Pez community who will painstakingly go in the editor, make the kit, put all the sponsors on, make it all the team names correct, and upload it online to for everybody else to use. It's yep. it's one of the great sort of calling cards of the Pez community. But the game itself, it kind of fosters that because it, it's like true football should be. It's it got a lot better since it came to PS4, I think. Yeah. Uh, Pez, in the, in the sense that it plays a lot more like well, football. It, the passing is very, very quick. 2015 was much better than uh, FIFA. And it was just yeah. just in terms of the actual game. It, it It's very slick, the passing movements. You feel like you're totally in control of the game and you can try some really out audacious stuff because it's very responsive the passing is very responsive and the ball feels like it's a part of the game rather than how's the menus the menus are kind it's 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 basically RPG style isn't it it's it's very Japanese within menus with submenus within menus and I never really thought of it like that because it's just nothing that I never really approached it like that but it has that depth to it it's Master League is it's kind of it's doesn't really need to be changed, if I'm honest, because that's the, the mode that I spend my most time on. But even so, they have fine-tuned it. They have chiselled the sort of the excess away. I mean, it's little things like uh, it's not on FIFA. I noticed this year, but the scouting mechanic you have for these things, you yeah. can ask the scout to look for players in positions where you're weaker, and it's it's just put together a lot better in that respect. Yeah. And the thing I, I going back to the the opening of what I was talking about. The thing which is best about FIFA is just the way it actually feels like a football game. Um, in again, you have to compare it to FIFA because it's the only competition. But and you might want to rephrase that then. What's that? Because you said the thing that's best about FIFA. Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> uh, I was miles away. The thing that's best about Pez is um, it feels like football. Yeah. Uh, in FIFA, if you spend a lot of time of it, you can you can sort of get the formula down, and yeah. it becomes quite quite easy unless you're playing like with friends. <laughs> But in Pez, if every game feels like it could be won or lost on you know the smallest decision, it feels like football. It, it has that sort of energy and unpredictability to it, which is what makes it last long term. And it's it's a really really good addition to the series. Um, it does it sells a lot in South America, so the licenses are very heavily skewed towards that still. Uh, the European licenses are very hit and miss. There's no German league whatsoever. I think there was. Uh, Borussia, Munchen, Gladbach, uh, Bayern Munich. Is that all one name? And Verde. Borussia, Munchen, Gladbach. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Werder uh, Berlin. No, you're forgetting now. <laughs> Sorry, all Werder I, Bremen. Werder Bremen. Uh, all I heard was Werder, Werder, Werder. <laughs> you kind of confused me. Werder Bremen. Yeah. And there's like one Russian team, one Ukrainian team, a Belgian team, which is not the obvious one. It's is Ghent. It, isn't it's, there only one team in Belgium anywhere? No, there's there's like five that are really top of Europe sort of level. But yeah, the licensing is is a problem. But again, like I said earlier, it's the community. The community will, will mask that issue. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whatsoever. So if you're going into it thinking, yeah, it's not as good as FIFA because FIFA has a million and one licenses, doesn't really matter. 
you've got the community to back it up and help you mask that divide. You just got to work it a little bit with Pez. Yeah, and it's a very very good game. Before you go on to FIFA, I just I do want to mention that yeah. there was something with Pez that is kind of bad, but it's not to do with the PS4 version mm. or any of the console versions. Actually, it's um the PC version. Um, they actually got the PS3 version. Yes, for yes. PC, which was really that, yeah. bad because yeah. yeah. You know, uh, if you've got a PC, you want to play games at the highest fidelity you can, and they just got completely nerfed, and that's not really fair. It's yeah, not, no. yes, you're right. you're right about that. But to tell you, but the game itself is really good. I, I've yeah. played a little bit of it, and uh, you know, I'm not very good, but I got my, I got the hang of it for yeah. a bit, and yeah. I agree with everything that Rob's just said. But come on, Konami, you could have. It's a bit of yeah, a PS4 PS4 version should have been on Steam. Yeah. Yep. It's fair. They should have done that. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, it, it, you know, when we're comparing Pez to FIFA, it's very much style versus substance. You know, uh, unfortunately... Uh, well, it wasn't for a while. It, it wasn't for a while. It they was were, very even. It was very even for a while, but the, the past couple of years, it has been very much style, style versus substance. And FIFA has the style. Uh, but this year, I don't know. It just seems like EA have dropped the ball and then fumbled it, and then kicked it, and then it's bounced off like the someone pres- else's yeah. foot, and then just headed the back into their own goal. Stuff is exceptional, but yeah, no, it ain't. The presentation, like in its actual, it looks like what football does on TV. I mean, in terms of the cameras and stuff like that, yeah. But when you look at the character models, the textures just look far too flat. There's no actual definition to some of the faces. I mean. Let's start at the beginning. Your very first game on FIFA is Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Now, I don't support either team, so I object to actually being made to play as either team. Don't get me wrong. If I'm going to choose a side, I'm going to choose Barcelona because at the end of the day, I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo. He's got a film made about him, you know? Yeah, I know. Mm. I actually managed to convince my nephew that his hair is made of, like, moulded plastic and that he's actually bald. And (laughs) this is the reason why his hair at the end of a match looks exactly the same as at the beginning of a match. Makes sense. And he believed me. It's not that I don't think he's a good good footballer. (laughs) Footballer. I think that, uh, you know, I just don't like his attitude. I don't like the arrogance or the casual arrogance to him. I don't like the fact that they've they've automatically thrust you into playing Barcelona versus Real Madrid. It didn't sit well with me at all. And even though, you know, it's like an exhibition game, I didn't want to play it. I didn't see the point in playing it. I'm not a fan of either team. I wanted to get get straight into playing the team that I support, which is Liverpool, I wanted to get into playing uh, playing with the, uh, playing with them, you know, getting into a career with them or getting into a manager's mode with them. Uh, I'm still not happy about the fact that player manager is not an option when it comes to career. Maybe it wasn't getting played a lot. Maybe that's why they removed it. Was it. The, it was the it was the favourite mode. How was it? Yeah, that makes no sense then. Yeah, uh, uh, amongst uh, amongst FIFA players, it, it was apparently the favourite mode. There was a lot of FIFA fans who were uh, disappointed when it was removed. Thing is, in terms of the control, in terms of the game itself, in terms of the gameplay itself, it feels like they've basically gone too far down the road of trying to make it realistic. Everything is that little bit heavier. The ball is a little bit heavier. Your touch is a little bit heavier. There's no kind of subtlety. There's no lightness to it, and it just feels like uh, when you go into a game, you're really having to work too hard, so you can't sit back and actually enjoy the game. And now I haven't played this year's Pez, uh, but I did play last year's. And it, I did it, make a comment it, last year that yeah. um, between the two games, Pez had the balance right between arcade and real. 
It does, yeah. And the six of the keepers as well. I will mention that about have they? That never okay, mentioned. very good. But when it comes to FIFA, it just feels like they've gone they've gone too far down the road of trying to make it a realistic football game. Yeah, it, this is mainly due to the fact that you know the past few FIFA games have been you know a lot of a lot of players that heavily do play these games said it was based around sort of like a pace meta where basically the fastest players with the most pace would win and it was more a lot more fast paced and a lot of complaints from that so because of this they, you know they tried to slow it down and the, it's more of a strength build this time I've been told yeah but the thing is a strength build or a speed build neither one is going to work on its own you, mm. and if you football's had, more complex yeah it's a lot more complex and when yeah. you're making a game about football you need to be able to find that balance I mean if all your players are based around strength you know and not around speed then you lose that fluidity to the game it becomes very static very slow very boring yeah yeah um, I, that's what i've encountered from playing it as well it feels very mechanical yeah. less fluid i, I mean um because we had this discussion while we were playing it you you were saying to me you need to use the through pass button you need to be able to master the through pass button i don't like the through pass uh, which is the triangle button when you have the ball don't like the through pass on FIFA 16 because it is too heavy, you, you know, and you basically, it, to get the timing right on it is nigh impossible. Now, I've played FIFA uh, quite a lot, so I'm very good when it comes to through passes. <clears throat> I have the timing right, and it doesn't take me long to master the timing on any of the other FIFA games, but this year, couldn't get it. For love or money, kept trying, couldn't get it. So as you said, right, not using it at all. It's more of a Pez feel with the through ball. Yeah. Mm. Which yeah. I was fine with. Yeah. You know, you were saying earlier about the manager stuff, that is still in there, but it's nowhere near as complex as no. something like the uh, Master. No, it, it's nowhere near as complex. They've really toned down. I mean, they were, uh, for a it, while... It's a very dumbed-down football manager mode yeah. that's just stuck in there for like a little extra content. The thing is, for a while, they looked like they were going to really enhance the manager's mode when they, lo- when they started in- including all the scouting options and everything like that. Mm. And everyone was going, oh my God, this is brilliant. So we didn't mind as much when they got rid of player manager but now with them dumbing everything down and you know it just feels like they're basically giving given us a really nice looking box and it, you know uh, on the outside and it says you know here's here's your new games console it's in here and inside what do you have you have basically one of those old games of pong with you know the the dial controls and yeah, stuff like that yeah, but the box yeah. is really nice the box is really stylish but inside is just kind of mm. Mm-hmm. Another major complaint was uh, actually supposed to be one of their main selling points: the fact that added, uh, you know, women's players. Yeah, but the thing is, there's uh, you have to, the women's teams are buried with it. I mean, don't get me wrong, FIFA's uh, FIFA's uh, navigating through FIFA and through the different menus and stuff like that is actually quite easy compared to pairs. Yeah, again, very no. stylish. Um, but the women's league is buried deep within. You know, it, it's off to one side. It, it, they, it's not a major they, feature, even though yeah. they they advertised it as a major thing. But it's not really on display. It plays yeah. a bit like lower league stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Apparently, it's very yeah, very low league, not very good stats, very bland and boring. Basically, just half ass. Yeah, which uh-huh. is a massive shame and it, it you know, is quite shame. insulting. It, it is a shame. Uh, I mean, I am. Um, I will continue to be a fan of a fan of FIFA, but Pez is drawing more of my attention. Hmm. Um, for the last uh, for last year and this year, Pez is drawing more of my attention. I'll be honest, um, EA really have dropped the ball with this one, and they need to they need to sit back and have a good hard think about 
exactly who they're listening to because listening to the fans who basically uh, want some want more realism is all well and good but don't sacrifice the enjoyment of the game for all of the other fans. I mean, uh, there are loads of people who buy FIFA in here in the UK, and these are aren't these aren't getting you know the usual type gamers. These are people who play FIFA year in year out, and for a lot of those people, FIFA is kind of their big gaming purchase of the year. It seems like Ultimate Team's been the main selling point for that franchise for yeah. a while now, and Ultimate Team hasn't been. From what I've been, I've been watching a lot of coverage. Well, the, there's issues with Ultimate Team and this year as well. People have been spending a lot of money on packs, you know, to get that nice head start, and they yeah. haven't been. No, because they, they, they've, they've changed. Like the was it the probabilities or something like that? Yeah. So people have spent a lot of money and basically haven't got anything decent out of it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Is, is that it for yes? But uh, if we're gonna pick. Number one this year, this yeah. year, Pez wins. Pez is the football game of choice uh, yet again <laughs> for the second year running. Pez wins this year as well. Um, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm disappointed with FIFA this year. That doesn't mean to say that it's unplayable because you can play it. But uh, just a very quick point to make before we move on. I actually found you know the training games. Yeah, I actually found the training games more enjoyable than playing a match. Mm. The, the, those are added as sort of more of an interactive, more fun tutorial to learn the game. Yeah, but I actually mm. found them a lot more enjoyable than playing a match. I would have liked to... See, I found they're the very easy. I would have liked to see more of a... More of a challenge. Com- challenge and more of a competitive thing, you know, with your friends with a leaderboard system. Yeah. And really, like, advance that. I hope they do that next year. Yeah, okay. it, it is something that they could look into. I'm Dylan Horrocks, a cartoonist from New Zealand, and you're listening to The Geek Show. And now we are talking about our theme of the week, which is inner cities and to rob. Yes. Um, if you remember the last show, we talked about uh, kind of my home is my castle and, uh, you know, where, where people live in games and movies and stuff like that and home invasions and all that thing. So uh, we thought, OK, let's move out into the street. Let's head into the suburbs before we head into the inner city. Let's find out what's going on in the burbs. So what's oh, going on uh, in the burbs first? Well... Are there people bur- are there people burying bodies? Yeah, like I that? overreacted kind of a bit to the burbs. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, he went on a rant in a certain store that sells movies and games and you know CDs and stuff like that. He got he went off on one because he couldn't find the burbs on Blu-ray. And he had it hidden. And I said, "Why would you hide that? What's wrong with you, people?" <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a marvel to see. Yes, yeah. um, I need, actually, if only there was a video. If only, nah. But uh, that's the thing, though. With, with the suburbs, there's a lot goes on in the well, suburbs. No, no, I mean, you think no, about no, it. it's much more satirical. Yeah. They use it as yeah. like a means for satire. Well, like no, suburb. sometimes they use it as a means for uh, just pl- just plain downright evil as well. Like, let's see, Arlington Road. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> if you haven't seen Island Road, it was about the idea that your next door neighbour is like a really horrible terrorist who's planning a bomb on yeah. to bomb some that sort of local uh, place, but you haven't got the proof. Yeah, but you know he's that thing. Yeah, which is very evil. I think suburbs make like a really interesting place for horror because it's a suburbs are always pictures, you know, like out of city, like clean, friendly environment. And then having something go wrong in that environment, it just it just works. Yeah. Well, well, wholesome yeah. American values. Oh, yes. the white pick, um, the white picket. And when something type comes thing. to yeah. invade those wholesome white picket values, uh, and it doesn't really bother me. I it think doesn't impact I think on just the one person. It impacts on the entire neighborhood. A lot of the time, it's used as like a thing where like um, everything's you know 
really, really nice and lovely on, loads on the exterior yeah. than underneath There's that. just that order, yeah. There's yeah. something just Blue not velvet. quite right about it. Do you know the, uh, Blue Velvet on the nose there? Blue mm. Velvet, mm. Stepford Wives. Well, there's, there's, and there's, yeah. well, Weeds was one. Yeah, Weeds was one. Because yeah. there was lovely suburban housewife. Oh, God, yeah. And she, yeah, she's selling a lot of weed. And uh, then murders <laughs> happen. And yes. You know what this reminds me of? It's, um, you know, Fallout 3, and where there's that little um, video part. Yeah. What was it? The, um, Oh, oh yes, I know one. what you mean. Yeah, the yeah. virtual reality. That yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's very much that. Yeah, I feel that's the vibe that I'm kind of getting from you, you can guys. You well. just to go yeah. around murdering. Yeah. Everything. yeah, that's how I see it. See, yes, yeah. that's how the suburbs are kind of portrayed in film. It's just yeah, like everything's really nice and lovely, and everyone's like, "Hello, sir," and you got your newspaper on, tucked under your arm and your hat on, and yeah, and yeah. say what, hi to your neighbours. Walking well, the yeah, dog. What was just under the surface? What was that film called? It's that res. Rene Zellweger, I think. No, hang on. Reese with a spoon, and oh, who's the other one? I can't remember. Um, well, it was about modern kids who were transported back into. Oh, I know the, the one you're on about, where they're transported back to like 1950s. Uh, yeah, sort of a 1950s. 1950s sitcom. Yeah. Uh, I can't that? remember the name of it. Uh, it was somethingville, wasn't it? Pleasantville. Pleasantville. That's ah. it. But yeah, it seems that's like the shot yeah. for these things. It doesn't really translate into many other things. I mean, you don't see it in comics. You don't see it in animation. Really, the whole idea of the suburbs. Well, um, not in the sense that we're talking. Talk, well, you do kind of see it in in animation, in anime and manga. Anyway, you do kind of see it in uh, in specific slice of life is the main one that you see it in it's very um, different sort of values there a different sort of values because it's more about uh, you know just everyday things you do get, you do get it in certain others I and mean, you will get the horror and romantic comedies and stuff like that but their version of the suburbs is usually kind of you know uh, a six by six tatami room in like uh, a in like a block of uh, an apartment block and you have one of the rooms and you're just friends with the neighbors that's their idea of the suburbs because, you know, the built environment in Japan is very different to the built environment in America and here in the mm. UK. Mm. Yeah, we have talked about America and Japan a lot, but there isn't really a... a the closest a, we have here is stuff like Hollyoaks and Coronation oh, Street and no, no, uh, no, East, no, 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 East no. Enders. Social realism is the stuff that we have. <laughs> yeah. That's all grim as hell. Oh no no! Don't forget all the beautiful people in Hollyoaks because they're all they're all amazing looking in Hollyoaks. Yeah, but they're not really human, you know. No. Yeah, have you ever seen the series? What was it? V. Yes. Where they're all lizard people. Yes. That's what happened in Hollyoaks because um, none of them actually talk like human beings. It's all like you just ask the random person, "Say hey, you talk," and then they've just forgotten everything ever, and then you just start quacking at you. Yeah, that's what Hollyoaks is. <laughs> My sisters would pretty much act their vengeance upon you. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Well, well, your sisters are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Uh, Hollyoaks is horrible. They are like duck people from Mars. <laughs> but yeah, we don't really have it in the UK. In, in anything, really. But I think it's a very different country we have no, here. I think, I think, we... I think this, the stuff we have is all very grimy and... Yeah. Well, and it's much more space was quite a good one. Bleak. That was kind of suburb. It, yeah, it's, it's London stuff. London stuff seems to get a bit of a pass. I think. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, more London. Yeah. there's a lot more London stuff which uses the sort of suburbs as anything. Really. Oh, actually, uh, being human. There is actually. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, shot in yeah. Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. Well, the first couple of series. Good. Good. They went on the run, didn't they? Thing is, uh, thing is, a lot of what we get here in the UK well, that deals with the suburbs, uh, when especially when you're looking at TV shows. Uh, it's American stuff, like suburgatory, stuff What's like that. that. 
It's basically uh, a girl goes to live with her dad in the suburbs, but she finds that so the suburbs aren't what, what, what she quite expected because everybody's kind of cliquey and everybody's into everybody else and everybody's conforming to everybody else, which is why it's called suburgatory. Kind of yeah. purgatory sub- suburb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It sounds awfully boring. Yeah. So basically, you know. Which is probably why the films take it to that, that level generally where... Um, the suburbs are kind of a boring place in real life. Yeah. You know, everyone's mm. just kind of thing. And so that's why they put the underlying level of weirdness. Do you know, it, it does kind of, it does kind of puzzle me though. Um, with the suburbs being such a thing, it does, it does puzzle me as to, uh, as to why the Sims is such a popular franchise, because effectively in the Sims, you are basically creating your own suburbia. Maybe it's wish fulfillment. Yeah. Maybe people who really get the most out of Sims just really like torturing people but don't have the cojones to do it in real life. Yeah. They're scared of the Maybe prisons. they just don't want to break laws. Alcedos oh, and masochists. Alcedos yeah. and masochists. Yeah. Uh, Sim City, I think, would be better. So, well, no, because that's more of like the city. The no, because, uh, no, I mean, uh, Godzilla doesn't come around and stomp on your, on your suburb every now and then. You can choose. Yes, you can. But yeah, That's I mean, what I mean. It, it, it's a weird, it's a weird environment because I think everybody's got this kind of, uh, everybody's got this idealistic view of the suburbs. I mean, the burbs, uh, ironically, coming back full well, circle that, to that, the burbs. That's satire. That is. That's, it's satire. But when you look at the characters, right? Tom Hanks has this idealistic, ideological view of the of the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, because that's he represents what America yeah. think of the suburbs. It's 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 where you want to end. Yeah, that's your, your ultimate goal is you know two point four children and a house in the suburbs. Yeah, and then you know the foreigners move in <laughs> and they proceed to distrust them immensely. I Which is kind of there's kind of a satire in that you know. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why I like uh, I like the movie Gross Point Blank because he's basically gone away, joined the army, became a professional killer, and he's come back to the place where he grew up, expecting the suburbs to remain as they were. But everything's moved on. You know, his house is gone. It's now a, it's now a, a, a it's, little kind of gas station come shop, uh, come shop. It's kind of a recurring thing, and a lot of Joe Dante stuff, actually. Yeah. Because Gremlins is very much skewed towards that. Yeah, the destruction mm. of the suburbs. I think that might thing. be what Joe Dante sort of scratching an itch. Maybe he grew up. In, in a in the horrible suburbs, suburb. And he just wants to wreak horrible bloody vengeance <laughs> on it. Yeah, actually, following on from that, yeah, it's weird how those relate how things like uh, Gremlins 2 where you're so, set in like a shopping mall and that sort of reflects, you know, how you do get, you know, these suburbs that are just like nice little pleasant places to live in, but they're slowly just... Just try to sell it as an idea. Yeah, yeah and they That's just not... keep growing and end up becoming a small town and then it takes away that sort of very, you know sort of closed off just nice little community from it and that's when yeah. you get problems because yeah, one of the angles that Billy the character who was in the first one his, yeah. he's an architect I think he was mm. if I remember correctly yeah and his boss is wanting him to design like a little village that he grew up in so he can make it and sell it <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the latest theme of sort of like uh, the latest South Park episode really well yeah well, there you go. Well, you, you, you segued into it, so South yeah, Park. South is that, Park. That is technically... Oh, wow. <laughs> I unintentionally did that again. Well, yeah, but then South- again, that, a lot of those things do it. I mean, I think South Park does it better than its competition, like American Dad's Family Guy. Uh, and Simpsons. you were saying yeah. there's nothing in animation. Well, they're not really animated. <laughs> not really animated. They're on, they're on normal TV. That, that's not animation. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, again, like South Park, and as well as all these other like traditional suburbs, they sort of try and 
pitch a sort of like a consistency to the environment. And I found it funny how, especially in the latest episodes, that they were saying, oh, we need to deal with the, the poor part of South Park, and it's just Kenny's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that... That just that one house is oh that's the poor that's the poor side of town yeah. we, need to, we need to get that sorted. But it's I mean, bad then you've got something like The Simpsons, which has been going on forever. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, everybody knows Evergreen Terrace is going to be Homer's uh, is going to be The Simpsons next door to the Flanders. Maybe. Yeah, it, there it, is rumours that they're going to end it with them divorcing. Yeah, or Homer dying. something's going to happen. But uh, then you move on to something like Family Guy or American Dad, which uh, and both of them again set in suburbs, but two very different approaches to suburbia. Family Guy being a lot more kind of in the South Park mold, um, well, whereas I don't know. American I don't know. Dad was just kind of yeah, we're just going to go where we want to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I prefer American Dad. Well, American Dad had a really good episode actually, where they. Well, the, the, the Roger took over as like the homeowners association. Yes, and they started changing all the little things that Stan was like. These are the things that make it a suburb, and then yeah. Roger was just messing with it all. And and that just kind of that's sort of a way that it was like really kind of funny. Yeah, uh, it, it's weird because uh, they do have things like homeowners associations in America, and it yeah. tells you just how just how very few people. In Britain, are actually on the property ladder. The fact that we don't have one, and like proper neighbourhood watch, where you go out with someone oh, curtain with a torch twitches and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, and like in America, that over here no, we just have twitches. a sticker on the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just there's a person over there. I might call the police. No, no, uh, just uh, they are just, just in the window. Binoculars out the window. No, no, they they're just in the window mm. shaking their finger. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going to sort of segue this off, but. Again, you know, you said you people had said like, oh, this the they have like their own ideologies of what the perfect is, and when that escalates to the point where you have you know gated communities, yeah, yes, yeah, they use a sort of a horror device, really, though, aren't they? Yeah, uh, to to a degree, yeah. Well, yeah, I would, I would say they they seem more in that. Well, it's it's yeah. kind of stuff I've seen suggests it is sort of a cultish. Yes, vibe about it. Yeah, which is was sort of what we're going into. You like, know? like, like the suburbs just aren't suburbity enough, so they need a suburb within the suburbs with a fence. Yes, <laughs> a very, very big wall. <laughs> a very, very Actually, big wall. It's on school and police force. It's, yeah. it's interesting you say that because um, that's effectively one of the things that was. Uh, that's effectively one of the concepts that were uh, that gave birth to Village of the Damned. Was it really? Yeah, uh, was this whole idea of you know the the cult mentality of certain uh, of certain uh, sub- suburbs when you get right down to it? Because uh, I mean, you even see it here. Uh, you know, when you look at when you look at just the town that we're in, you've got certain little uh, certain little areas like the you know Victoria Road area is. You know, it's got a lot of Asian people living there, mm. and that's kind of a different world. Well, if you, you want to go further than that in Middlesbrough, if you yeah. just go across like, over the bridge, or as people say, over the border, yeah, it's completely different again. There's a there's a lo- there's a pub there on the way to the college, yeah, and you go in there, and if you're not a regular, yeah, you get stared down. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually went there quite a few times. I ended up singing karaoke there, but that's a whole other story for another time. But, <laughs> no, no, um, I think it's a story for this time. <laughs> No, no, I, I can't go into that over the radio. There's, there's, there may have been things. Is it Matt Gatterson, Ray Shearsmith in drag saying, "Are you local? Are you local? Why, you not, you why am I reminded of like the Edgar Wright movies, especially like Hot Fuzz in the World's End, 
where it's yeah. just like as soon as you enter the pub, there's. I don't know if there's any of that yeah. in the world's end. Well, but there is like one perfect gag. It's, yeah. Uh, oh, I can't remember what the actor was called, but they're talking about how everything's weird and changed, and what's he called? Do you know the the weird actor who's in like Spaced, and he plays the artist. Oh, um. Mark Heap. Mark yeah, Mark Heap. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, when you yeah, say, say weird actor, my, my brain automatically goes to Richard E. Grant. No, no, again, this is talking about how everything is, is weird and everybody's really welcoming when they're not really or changing in a very pivotal way. And then they go yeah. to the next point, it's Mark Heap, who just plays like a really random procession of insane weirdos. And he's been really nice. <laughs> it's like the most perfect guy in that film. But yeah. But yeah. If you know Mark Heap, anyway. Yeah. But a good example for gay communities is a Mexican film called La Zona. And that sort of presents in a way of, as more of a social thing how you have this like lovely community and literally around all the outside it's just slums and it again it creates that you know essentially yeah just their own little class castle. divide sort yeah. of thing. Class I suppose divide, there's yeah. a div- they are good for that. There was it's not really a suburb, but it kind of plays out a bit like that. But how it, I spent my summer vacation, a very suburb thing. How I spent my summer vacation had that vibe like yeah. that. But it was a prison. Yeah. Mm. Just because satire. Just yeah. kind of <laughs> bouncing off this whole cult mentality thing. Silent Hill. Oh. Yeah, but to be a suburb, you actually have to have people in it, right? It does have people in it. Not just the giant the man of a pyramid head. No, no. Like in, making in the, sweet lovings in, to a in, in, si- in, silent, in Silent Hill 2, they're all in the church, aren't they? Sorry, Silent Hill, the original one. They're all the in movie. the church. No, not the movie. Because that was in the, the movie. Game. And they cut so much out of that movie. It was weird. But they Silent had, Hill is kind of a, head a very skin cultish thing, isn't it? Had, uh, I, mean, I, I think we've actually lumped quite a few different things in here together with suburbs. Like, because yeah. you've got small town America. Yeah. You've got small villages like, um, well, you, you mentioned Hot Small Hoffers. town village, yeah. Someone and mentioned Hot Well, you, you mentioned yeah. Fallout 3. Was it Tranquility Lane or whatever Yeah, it was something like that. And then, it's a long time ago. I, yeah, can't that, I haven't played the game in a long time, but then there's also like another... Saints Row 4. Because Saints Row 4... It plays out a lot like the bit from uh, Fallout 3, that bit in Saints Row, though, yes. where, you kill out, where you kill all these villains. Like, it, it's very know, uncanny valley. You know what, people with it, a since you mentioned that, you know what that brings up to mind? You know the first Destroy All Humans game? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, there's a le- level involving the suburbs in that and where all the people are pretty much very weird. And just, is it, if I remember correctly? Yeah. 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 It, um, it, it I haven't played it in a while. But then you've got the uh, thing is they use the suburbs quite well in in quite a few video games because um, the the first Walking Dead adventure game after you well, Clementine's house is in the suburbs. It's very it's it's like two minutes here and there. Well, n- not really. It, it's not a major part of that game. All, all, the, all I'm saying is Clementine is the person you find there, and yeah, you make your own suburbs in yeah. that game. Oh, there we go. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think uh, I've killed that conversation yes, quite. Yes, yeah, yes, you have. You killed it. This is Max Howard. I have an English accent, but I really live in America, and that's where I come from. And I'm on the Geek Show. We're going to continue our theme this week by moving slightly out of the suburbs and going to the inner city. I believe. Yes, inner city is an interesting place. <laughs> uh, the tone changes well, savagely. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, it, yeah. it does in a lot of the media that we uh, that we uh, that we receive. Because inner city is kind of shorthand for oh, nasty stuff. Nasty stuff's a down, son. Yes, I know. There's lots of uh, they like to they like to portray, uh, especially in like uh, a variety of movies and some TV shows, and especially in games as well. They like to portray inner city as being this hive of gangs and stuff like that. 
Well, you know, you do get the, you do get normal communities in inner cities. You know, those tower blocks and stuff like that. Sometimes they end up, you know, there's a little bit of a crossover with the suburbs with those tower blocks. Attack the block was kind of an example of that. Because I was just thinking of yeah. that. Yeah. That's the only problem with Attack the Block. I love the set film, but there's nobody in the block. Yeah, but at all. Uh, but this <laughs> there's is the like thing. nobody there. But this is the thing. They they make it clear if to uh, to the nurse if they'd known she lived in the block, they'd never have gone for her. Yeah, mm. so it's all very um, sort of. If you live there, you're, you're protected. Sort yeah, of if you live there, you're fine. Um, it's a bit like kind of uh, when with certain towns that you get, you get certain certain areas where if you live there, you're okay. But if you're a visitor there, then everybody just kind of looks at you. Yeah, everyone's on edge. Everybody, you know, like what are you doing here? What, you know, what are you part of? Yeah, um, it, it's weird because uh, I, I I don't know. Inner city really started becoming a thing in the in like the eighties with like mm-hmm. certain gang movies in the eighties, didn't it? Yeah, movies did. Yeah, but I think it, movies it's kind really of the preserve it more than anything else. It's kind of the preserve of movies and TV more than anything. The all in a setter idea because yeah. games don't really happen. I mean, it just seems to happen in sort of uh, games where uh, some foreign threat has come into America. Is usually the case, and they're taking over our homes and livelihoods. So we're going to really get a rebellion going. I don't know. I mean, kind of like two jump off of, point. There's kind of like two sort of things when you look look at inner city like now. Because there's always his inner city now as it's portrayed really horrible, dark, dingy. Yeah, everyone's doing something that's you know naughty, wrong. You know, police are everywhere. And then there's the other one, which is the future city, where inner city yes. is bright, uh, clean. Everything's fully policed. And but there's also the opposite of that, which is kind of more in the cyberpunk vein, where yeah. the inner city is this dark, dingy place, kind of like the yeah. Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, I've seen Blade Runner. Kind of Martial law. Yeah. Yeah. And you do get quite a lot of that in kind Why, of video games lot. as well. It's got nothing to do with Chuck Norris. What are you oh, talking about? Oh, oh, Sam, oh, no, <gasps> Sam or Hung, you mean? Sam or Hung. Oh, I had a reference. Oh, I had one job. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> and I jumped like, the shark um, on that one. Yeah, like going back to your 80s references. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't remember the name. Oh, no. It's Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. White man can't jump. No, no. It's, it's a in the future. Sandra oh, Bullock. oh yes, yes, yes. Demolition, uh, Demolition Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. because like yeah. that was like dark, dingy. Yeah. you know, in a city. Then it went to we have no crime. It's like oh my god, RoboCop as well. And does a similar. Yeah, thing. well, RoboCop was kind of the prime. Uh, it's one. It's like a very the most eighties uh, movie there uh, is. That is a good point, though. When you when you talk about um, inner cities, futuristic sci-fi is the best place. Yeah, to sort of go for it really because. All of the other ones, sort of the contemporary ones, are kind of racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all kind of boys in the hood and stuff uh, like it's that. It's like blacks, Latinos, uh, the Orientals, the raw like, gangs, and they're all going to kill us. That's what. That's the tone of these inner was, city stuff from now. I was going to say straight out of Compton. Yeah, and a more recent think, example. Yeah. Over over here, we we tend to focus on um, the perceived poverty and the whole chav. Sort of yeah, mentality uh, of yeah. Like the, the more shame meadows social groups of that mm. time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so you get you get a lot of that from stuff over here. I mean, Lockstock was all about underground sort of yeah gangster yeah. people who were running out of stuff in the middle of London. As I was like, you know, yeah, and Vinnie Jones doing a Lone Wolf and Cub parody. Yes. <laughs> Because he kind of is. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. He is. But I mean, uh, even those are kind of they're more kind of inner city rather than London. Mm. You know, uh, it's all kind of one little one little area. Because I mean, anybody who's lived in London knows that most Londoners don't sound like Cockneys. No, they don't. You know, most of the Cockneys actually come from Essex. 
It actually, most most Londoners sound like me, to be honest. Yes, I'm not from London, so. But that's what I'm saying. It's so it's so metropolitan and so cosmopolitan now. There isn't really it, 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 that the, much of an accent. So expensive that even the people who are from there can't afford to live there. Yay, London. Would you like to pay <laughs> £1,000 a month for a bedroom with kind of like a microwave stack somewhere? Yeah, but I mean, um, just, take, just taking something like Saints Row, the original Saints Row, I mean, it's the Third Street Saints. So obviously that is their area, and they've basically expanded and gone off into the wild blue yonder. Yeah, I think mm. Mel, uh, not Mel Gibson. What am I talking about? That's <laughs> stupid <laughs> brain, brain rob needs hitting there. I meant to say Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto is the better example. It's the better it, example. It, it, it doesn't go off into the wild blue yonder. It, it does kind of, but that's the point. I mean, number if five, it, it, number was it three? No, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, San Andreas. And San Andreas, five, yeah. the whole point of it was the, the inner city, the streets, it's kind of going to kill me. So well, I need to even, escape that. It wasn't even that. I think the good thing about Grand Theft Auto Five is that it gave you three No, no, in the, in the case of that one person. Ah, right. There was like three different perspectives. There was Frederick, uh, was it? Franklin. Frank- Franklin. 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 Yeah. yeah, Franklin's whole like story and motives were, you know, he wanted to get out of there and make something of himself. He yeah. wanted that lifestyle that Michael had. And yeah. then Trevor just did whatever he wanted. Well, Trevor, Trevor was the uh, best Trevor character. Was just, <laughs> Trevor is, I've heard the best explanation of Trevor. Trevor is the character that has been distilled into all the way people play all the games and yeah, characterised into a person. He very much yeah. is. So all the crazy stuff that people play, do while playing the game, into a person. Mm-hmm. And he is Trevor, and he is, he is something to behold. A, a thing, all right. Trevor yeah. is beautiful. <sighs> He's a marvellous creation of... Video game, yeah, yeah. character. But I, I think as far as talking about inner cities and games, I think Franklin and the guy who can't remember the name of it all from San Andreas are probably. Oh, I CJ. know what you mean, CJ. Yeah, yeah, probably the best sort of takes on that. I'd yeah. say. I mean, yeah. you do get so you do uh, inner city more and more. Inner city is kind of if it's not science fiction, it's more and more just kind of say a level or a mission set in uh, a particular area of a city which just happens to be like the inner city it's always gang ruled as well i was just gonna say well gta 4 did did that quite a bit as as well when you were playing as nico you go to different parts of the city Mm. and do different things related to those parts of the city yeah so Um, you had uh what's the name big mama i don't think it was big mama but anyway um she was like a massive drug dealer and you do drug dealer oh i know who you mean yeah yeah, you do all the drug dealer things for her around all these tower blocks and then stuff like that then you met up with another guy and there was was an arc going that way and then he would ask her for a mission of of an assassination or something yeah yeah yeah. um there was like another guy who was like this big russian person who had his like wife, who was a person that was in like a more high end uptown sort of area, yeah, yeah, kind of a gated community, mm, um, yeah, which we talked about earlier, and they just sort of went through the different parts of the city rather than just focusing on on yeah, the, well, the one. thing about CJ is it was about him, you know, rising up from yeah. out of there to become, you know, just this, well, essentially just at the top of the class. Over, otherwise, games don't really do it. Well, mm. there is one game, except like you said, like, yeah, Craig said, it's just no. Uh, oh, was it Rob? I don't remember. You're all the same people. No, there, there is one game that actually covers from the suburbs to the inner city and then onto the countryside. Go on. Shenmue. I thought you were going to say farming simulator. Shenmue. Shenmue. Oh, that is quite a good example. Yeah. Shenmue starts off in Yokosuka, which is a suburb, 
You know, you start off in the suburbs, and then in Shenmue 2, you move across to uh, Hong Kong, and you start off in Wan Chai, but then you move into Kowloon, which is basically, and Wan Chai and Kowloon are total inner cities, you know, and then from there, you move into China proper, which is the countryside bit where you meet Shenhua. So you basically got kind of the full effect going all the way through the game. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, you've made a very good point there. You know, uh, it, it's weird, because uh, it's, it's one of those environments that, when you think about it, there's a lot that you can do in a video game, you know, in an inner city environment that you just can't do in kind of a business district or something like that. You know, if you're in a business district, the most you can do is something like, you know, Battlefield Hardline or something like that. Uh, even so, they do, like, ramming those comparisons together. Yeah. Like, they're the business world looking down on the streets or yeah. the inner city. That's a particularly well-travelled uh, conflict. And everything. Yeah. I think yeah. most open world games, you know, do balance the differences between, you know, the starting area, which would probably be your more like suburbs or countryside, and moving way into the city, again, where all the action is. It's a common thing that a lot of open world games do. What about in television, though? I mean, it's... It's much the same in television. It's much the same, but, I mean, uh, the, the, I don't know. I've noticed that they try and be... They've tried to be a bit more diverse... With the with the stories that they tell about the inner city in television than they do in movies, well, it's a longer time frame, isn't it? Yeah, but the ultimate goal is basically the same. I mean, there was a uh, one of the one of the stories that they, uh, the one of the stories is a recent, uh, I think it was a BBC one um, called "Killed by My Boyfriend," which was very much an inner city drama. Um, all about uh, a girl who is effectively murdered by her boyfriend. You know, he starts off as kind of the nicest guy, but as the story develops, he becomes more and more abusive, ultimately murdering her. I think the uh, the the girl, the main the main actress, uh, the lead actress for it, won a BAFTA, I think, for her performance because uh, she was really good in it. I don't know this TV thing you talk about. But what's that? All I'm saying is that's not the type of story that you get in a typical inner city movie. Anime. Anime is a tough one because... It, it does have some stuff, but it, it's generally ensemble stuff like uh, Durarara is very much about the inner city, but... Durarara is very much about the inner city. Not in the same way the inner city is sort of uh, shorthand for poverty. No. Um, what you were, The main things that you find that deal with the inner city are things like things like Durarara, but if you're going toward, more towards the crime end, because... Inner city and crime is very much a thing with anime and manga. So you end up with a lot of delinquent stuff, a lot of Yakuza stuff. So you end up with stuff like Black Rock Shooter, you know, which yeah. ostensibly is taking place on the boat. When the, but when they go back to, um, was it uh, a Macau or whatever it is, you know, they mainly deal with the inner city areas of Macau, not the big glitzy areas. But kind Isn't of Isn't Macau like a gangster's paradise? paradise? Yes. I just realised the reference, like, Coolio. To move on from that. Yeah. And to go We Super just mainstream. got street. Yes. I'm going to go Super Mainstream as well, but Full Metal Alchemist yes. Brotherhood yes. showed every aspect of yes. everything. Yes, it did. You know, they grew up in the in like two houses on a hill, pretty much, yeah. on the outskirts of a village. Um, they did most of their work in, in East City or whatever. I can't even yeah. remember. It's been that long since I've seen it. But, you know, there's all very different types of people who live in all these different areas. Yes, yes. And then you go off to where, oh my God, I can't remember, but the big, the first big boss kind of guy that they kill. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. My, I it's basically the priest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a very... 
strange kind of that they're wealthy because of that then they go back to that a bit later and everything's poverty stricken and yeah yeah it was it was very interesting to see like their portrayal of everything yeah rather than just we're in the city the the weird thing is because with with anime um they've got this very very odd thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to anime it's becoming more and more prominent prominent is this uniformity of uh, a particular city so basically you have kind of academy city which is basically a city that's all one giant school you know the entire city is a school you know and you have like classes you'll have like little schools within that city but the whole city is a school like well how does that work then i don't understand yeah (laughs) isn't it just a normal city that has a lot of schools because students don't buy anything and the thing is, how does the inner city work inside a, a, a city that is just effectively a big school? Is that is the, is inner the head, city is the headmaster like the mayor as well? No, is the inner the city president. where they is the inner city? You know, like you know when they tell tell the kids to go stand in the corner. Is that the place where they said all the kids who's standing in the corner to the inner city? I mean, is that are you referencing Kill la Kill or no? That no. was a city. Like, that's yeah. an academy that was a city. No, I'm, I'm referencing you, you like a, a certain magical index, a certain scientific railgun, yeah, um, and various others like that. But like Kill la Kill, that was yeah, that was a city, and all your low grade students yeah. all lived in the slums. Then all the good high grade students lived in luxury in the inner city. It's interesting that you mentioned the slums because. A lot of people think that inner city is the equivalent of slums. You know, there, se- there seems to be this idea that slums and inner city are kind of mutually mutually exclusive. Yeah, it, well, it, I think there's like different inner inner cities. Yeah. There's like you've got yeah suburbs right on the outskirts, and you go into like just on the outskirts of the main city. That's when you get your low low yeah. income areas. And then you go slightly further in, and you've got your high-rise flats and all your expensive stuff. Really good inner-city anime. Really good inner-city anime that's mainly set in inner cities. Mitch got a hatchet. Yeah, yeah. Bring my pick of the geek here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Rob. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go, going back to games, though, isn't it weird that sort of like the city area is often conceived as the main hub town? Especially in, again, uh, MMOs and RPGs. Uh, Oblivion, for example, when you get to um, the Imperial City, that is the hub town when you feel like, you know, this is the heart. Or, and again, in an MMO, you go to the main city and that's where everyone meets up and communicates and that's yeah. where all the business goes down. So, yeah, it, it, it feels like cities are just more active. It feels more like an actual like hub yeah. town to do things. Yeah, um, I mean, um, there's certain games where they do, where they do play a lot on the whole idea of an inner city, but they tend to industrialize them in yeah. the games that I'm thinking of more than they are in real life. Um, I don't know. It seems to be this idea that uh, inner cities have to be grimy, and there have you know have to be there has to be a certain element, a certain criminal element living there, stuff like that. You know, I was totally reminded when you mentioned Japan, and then when you mentioned um, like the gaming underworld mm, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yakuza, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. How did we forget oh, that? Taking another one of them because in the third game, because I particularly played the third game in like when I was in my teenage years, there was like the seaside resort, and yeah. then there was also that orphanage, yes. like it's just right yes. beside the beach, and then there was also the, um, of course, the main hub world, which is known throughout most of the games. 
as well, which is the um, Tokyo. It, it was Tokyo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a district yeah. of Tokyo. Yeah, it was yeah. district of Tokyo. That's right. How did we forget Yakuza? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm still. I'm kicking myself over that one. How the hell did we forget Yakuza? Hello, this is Brina Palencia, and you're listening to the Geek Show. You sounded like you weren't sure which show it was. No, because no, I was watching you put the sliders up, and I was questioning your ability to put sliders up. I'll have you know I can put <laughs> sliders up. But anyhow, we're on Pick of the Geek. This is the Geek Show. We've been talking about inner cities. And we're on the uh, Pick of the Geek section. So I think I'll, I'll jump in first. And it's an obvious example, which we talk about a lot on the show, on the history of the five-year history of the Geek Show, but it's Gintama. Especially <laughs> yes. in the, uh, the, the town, the, the city, I suppose you call it. It is basically Tokyo, but it's never addressed as Tokyo. It's always Edo. Yeah. And the this particular district, Kabuki-cho. Yeah, Kabuki-cho, yeah. It goes through incredible pains to show you everything about this uh, this world. We have like the very top of the tree in the shogunate. Yes, um, we have like the crime establishment, like in the uh, Shinsengumi, and the kind of like the the idiotic sort of run to the litter of the crime farce. And yeah. you get the upper levels of it, which I can't remember the actual title of. And you just get all these sort of aspects from different sort of conflicting. It feels like. A living, breathing city because it's got so many people from different angles and different lifestyles that are all really well characterised. And obviously, we talk about it a lot, so it's a really, really fun, funny, and yeah. intense series. And it's just one of the best things out there. And it's where it rounds sort of the inner city is particularly laudable. I think. Now you've left me with a uh, with a difficult one because uh, have I still yours? No, you didn't steal mine. I'm just trying to think of one, but I think if I'm gonna go, with, I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the, with one that I, I haven't gone with before, not for a while anyway. Uh, and this one, not so much the inner city, but more for the suburban aspect. Natsume Ujincho or Natsume's Book of Friends. The story is about uh, a young boy called uh, Takashi Natsume, and his uh, his grandmother Takashi Reiko was a very very powerful um, medium, as in she. But she was also a bit of a delinquent as well. So she basically she used to live in the area that uh, in the area that uh, he's now living in. And when she was in high school, she was uh, she was pretty much an outcast. So she basically wrapped a baseball bat in talismans and went around beating up all the all the spirits in the area and uh, making friends with them and writing their names down in her book. By doing that, she formed a contract with them uh, that they would be her friend until the day she died. Natsume ha- has the same ability as his grandmother. In fact, it could actually be more powerful. And he's inherited the Book of Friends. And the spirits want it because the book now represents power over other spirits. And he sees it as his duty to give them the names back. But the problem is, Takashi Natsume is very much an introvert because of his abilities and because he was quite open and basically doing what any child does. telling people exactly what he was saying everybody kind of shunted him off to one side everybody ignored him and he's been treated like an outcast by his own family with his parents being dead as well and unable to protect him he's been shunted around the family but eventually gets taken in by a very kind couple who are related to him they don't have the kid of their own they can't have kids so they've taken him in and they give him the parenting that he needs and it's that kind of that development of him being in a, in that suburban environment free from all of the old pain and how he starts adapting to that suburban environment which is one of the reasons why I like it and Yanko Sensei is great more of a 
director choice, and I'll give an example, but I absolutely adore the way uh, Shia Sakamoto just portrays the inner city. It's just, again, he just influences what we've been saying, like what people think of the inner city, you know, being grimy, um, overpopulated, and he really does reinforce that, especially with his uh, some of the camera choices he uses. He just makes everything feel so closed and cramped and to the point where it, it so really is claustrophobic. And I would say one of the films that he does or works best for that is Bullet Ballet, just done really, really fantastic. And, and I would say a lot of good uh, Japanese directors, you know, they really do make use of the city as being the main talking point for social issues with that. And it just works really, really well. But And again, Sukumoto's approach to it just works that little bit more with, the, again, the close framing, but also sort of like the, the colour that he uses as well. It, it is really grey to the point where it, in fact, you, in Bullet Ballet, it's black and white and it just reinforces that so much. It just makes this inner sea just feel bleak and horrible. And yeah, it's a really good, really good recommend for that one. Yeah, um, I'm, this is my first time doing this, so, but what I can say is that for suburbs, I was thinking more It Follows route. Interesting. And oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And the reason being is because Really, it feels like a John Carpenter movie that John Carpenter never made. It very much does feel like yeah. a town in, like, it feels like Haddonfield. Yeah, Halloween. yeah, it does. And in fact, he, it, the um, director, I've forgotten his name, what, what was it? <laughs> oh, I've forgotten as well, I yeah. Forgot. But even he cited John, uh, John Carpenter as an influence. Yeah, it's, it's heavily influenced, yeah. you can tell. Yeah, and it just feels like an environment where you can't really trust anybody Especially, you know, with this character, well, not, well, this stalker, really, or a thing, just yeah. supernatural mm. entity just following this, the lead character around the whole area. And so, yeah, I think that's a really a, a good mention to have. Yeah. On. I'll probably say that's another one for me as well as that, uh, and for suburbs anyway, that Halloween. Mm. Uh, it's mm. the fact that, you know, Michael Myers, it's the fact that he's there in broad daylight and. Yeah. You know, again, we're so used to, especially for the time, we're so used to seeing, you know, the monsters and the bad guys in the night when you expect them. But having them just there in the middle of the day and no one batting an eyelid at all, it just makes it also much scarier. It feels like you could just be there at any point and there's nothing you can do about it. I think It Follows does exactly the same. I think um, I've only seen this recently for the first time, but it was really really good and really touched on the differences between the countryside and the inner city but a while ago and that is the tale of princess kaguya oh interesting choice because you know she grew up from in in the countryside and was just like going around doing all this fun stuff that she really wanted to do and then she was taken away from all that because money went to the middle of the city and was treated completely differently and she wasn't allowed to be herself anymore yeah which ultimately leads to the ending so if you haven't i'm just going to say the ending because if you haven't seen yeah. it you should really watch it. oh it's fantastic and um that just the differences between the two, two things and how the characters have developed over the time because you also see someone from the yeah from the earliest earlier point in the city um just just really sort of touch on the differences between the two and I, I i it just really it captures that visually as well and yeah I think that's the best thing about it it was just it was such a good I didn't think that I'd like it because of its animation style, because I'm so used to all the yeah all the modern stuff. I, I think that... I, but I said it's this, fantastic. Yeah. I, said, I, yeah. I love the animation style. I, I said when I reviewed this on Cinema Collectica that um, 
I would say without that art style, it probably it would have still been a fantastic story. It wouldn't but have it been just, as good. It's just so beautiful and just so interesting to look at. Like it yeah. really does. You, you know, you can get away with a lot more. Yeah, I, I think it wouldn't have been the same sort of. Mm. It wouldn't have shown the comparisons. Yeah, yeah. As well. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna crack out two. Are you? <laughs> um, Are you? But the pretty simple ones to talk about. Uh, the first one. It's, it's not a particularly uh, in-depth game. It's well, they're both kind of for the same reason because they give like a great sense of place. Uh, the first one would be Sleeping Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a flawed game. It's a very simple game, but it's a sense of identity that the town has. It possesses yeah. a unique sense of place. It feels like not very few games are even remotely like it in sort of it, the sense it, of it's place. It's trying and time. to be accurate to China. However, it is or it isn't. It, mm. it just feels like that place. It feels like you're not playing another game in like another Chinatown in America yeah, somewhere. The lack yeah. of guns with the heavy like you it, know restriction yeah, on guns. It, it does feel very. Unique and alive like that. Mm. The other one is kind of similar, but from a completely different angle. It's a sliver. It's James Gunn's film. He is that the one with all the cameras? No. Oh, sliver, not sliver. Sliver. Yeah, sliver. No, no. Yeah. It's James Gunn's film where it's about a uh, sort of very suburban, not suburban, uh, yes, suburban sort of countryside town in America. Yeah. And horrible things happen to it. <laughs> but again, it's it's the same sort of thing. It has a very uh, he, he spends a lot of time lavishing detail on how that town is and the, the personalities and that. It feels like the the, the sense that these towns, these small towns, I know it's in a city, so I'm kind of stretching the the rule here a little bit. Yeah, but it's those places. It's where everybody knows your name, and James Gunn did that impeccably well. I think it just feels like such a a living place again. Fantastic. Sleeping dogs and the sliver of two very very different things that had never ever been mentioned in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I've got uh, I've got a two for as well. Uh, I'm gonna go with the anime and the manga one because it is both, um, and the manga is superior in terms of the story, but the anime is just uh, it is iconic. Full stop. Akira. I was waiting oh, for yeah. someone to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good choice. You know, it is total in the city. It's a biker gang to start uh, first and foremost. You know, in the inner city. I mean, all of yes, it's cyberpunk, but you know, it's inner city through and through. It just happens that the inner city gets destroyed at the end. Um, but you know, we won't go there. You know, everything starts off clean and fresh at the end. I like it because it is just kind of uh, it, it touched on something that was uh, that was very much a thing in the eighties and still exists even now. Just the uh, you know the disenchanted youth kind of thing you know what do we do now where do we go there's no jobs for us there's no prospects for us everything like that and it just keeps getting worse and worse so you know or the disenfranchised youth i should say it's it's a theme that is still relevant today as it was you know uh what 30 years ago now so yeah and the other one i'm kind of torn between two two particular video games uh the first one is max Payne, and the second one is the darkness Oh, that's a good I, I, comparison. I would went with the darkness of the two. I think that's I know, but you, you, you understand why I'm torn between the two, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But of the two, I think the darkness pulls yeah. it off a bit better. I think the darkness pulls it off a bit better as well. And it's got Mike Patton doing the, the noises. Yeah, it's just yeah. the darkness. Mm. The reason why I'm torn between Max Payne and the darkness is because Max Payne did it first. Oh no, but it's dated quite badly. So. Yeah, I know, but yeah, darkness obviously did it better. It's just their visions of inner city are very, 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 mm. you know, 
dank, grimy, yeah. dark. Although I did love Max Payne 3, even though um, it was set in... South uh, America. Yeah, South America. It still very much did the same. It had you yeah. going through the slums. Yeah. It had you going through the, you know, the, the more rich financial yeah. side of it. It very much did the same. But you know, again, yeah. it was just set in South America. Yeah, with Max being older, fatter and bolder. And Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, Hawaiian shirts are a thing these days. <laughs> One more recent thing I've watched, um, it'll be Sion Sono's Tokyo Tribe. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, we yeah. knew you were going to go. I, I knew yeah. we was going to go for that. I was waiting for you to bring that up. It's like I was waiting for you to say Kira. So. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, at least I said Akira and not Legend of the Overfeed. Yeah. So, <laughs> the Japanese Yakuza hip-hop musical. Yes, that's essentially what it is. It's uh, hard to believe, but yeah, it, it is, and it's awesome. But... Again, it it captures you know the whole like gang very much with the warriors in vain of that groups like coming together and versing each other the you know problems and that occurs, but it just invites you in and like from the start it automatically paints this picture of what this environment's like or this particular part of Tokyo, and again I like how it it it, it feels like, again more like an experience you're very much welcomed into you know this that environment and it doesn't seem a slow down in pace at all it, it, it's just one big long i would say album if you were that just continues on and it's just delivered so so nice and you get a picture of what each district's like you see and that's often conveyed through music you know different districts will have their own different like sub genres of like hip-hop and it's just it's absolutely awesome and it, it's a pleasant surprise and i absolutely adored the music but yeah, I would say definitely check that one out. Really good for, you know, just world building. My literal example, Batman Arkham City. Hmm. You could make the argument, yes, it does do that, because there's, of course, a lot of various different gangs yeah. in that game. Yeah. But then, of course, the only key difference is that you're playing a superhero, which is, of course, Batman. <laughs> so, and, yeah, but the way it, the, the world's captured especially, you know, with the dark, grimy streets and literally being inside the walls of a prison. Yeah. On top of this with um, a mad scientist, which is Hugo Strange, effectively. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's kind of, you know, this various different layers of different people and characters across the way. Yeah, it still has those districts, like the fact that you can go yeah. back to the old part of, yeah. you know, where the fear was. <laughs> where... was better. <laughs> Yeah, you couldn't know it wasn't. But then I also like how you can go back to old Gotham as well. Like yeah, old yeah. Gotham, yeah. and you get to see you know like the different architectures, the different type, and yeah, different designs. Yeah, it's, it's you've really cool. The, you've played Arkham Knight. Yes, I how have, does yeah. that compare in terms of the city? Not as it, good, I wouldn't say. I would say night. <clears throat> I would say night's more city focused. There are different elements that you do go to, but again, I would say the thing is, is that. Gotham is a very much a mixture of very, very large uh, gothic structures meeting, yeah. like, you know, modern, you know, a metropolis type thing. Can you just say one that I've just remembered very, very quickly? No. Uh, Edward Cezanne's, and that's it. Uh, Ooh, suburbs. But, uh, I'm surprised you didn't say the burbs. No, no, I've mentioned that too much. But Edward Cezanne's, yeah, yeah, very, very good. But I prefer City in the, the way that it's, again, essentially a big massive gated prison yeah it's more interesting in that sense well uh, for me the legend of zelda majora's mask 
Oh, wow. now that's a very good choice. Because, like, obviously, the, you have different areas yeah. in the thing, and every single area has a different reaction to what's happening. Mm. Yeah. And I just found that, like, interesting because it, it's, it's the same around yeah. here in real life. Like, if, you're, if you go to over to, like you said earlier, Victoria Road, yeah. they have a very different view of Middlesbrough yeah. as someone from, say, Linthorpe Village. You know? Yes. <laughs> because. Yes. Yeah. It's just going to be different. So you, you get you get to go around and you visit all these different places and you get all these different views of what's happening and everyone's just so different, but they're still the same as well. And it's hmm. I always find it really interesting. Yeah. I'm actually quite happy that no one has mentioned it until now um, because this isn't one of my picks of the geek. I'm just quite happy that no one uh, that it went out of everybody's head in face of loads of other stuff. Final Fantasy VII. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> it's not a good game. See, mine was oh. a toss-up between uh, Majora's Mask and Nine. When I was going to say, see, Nine is a better choice, especially when you're talking about um, like you know the differences between cities and villages. And exactly, stuff. Nine is a much better choice. The story, like the actual places, yeah. are just fleshed out, and yeah. everybody focuses life. so much on, uh, on on Midgard in Seven because it was yeah. the first. And yeah. experience talking to your first is never the best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, just, 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 you know. Yeah, I'm find that ball of yours and go stand in the corner. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have time for. <laughs> yeah, we have been the Geek Show. Uh, next, it, it's October now, so I think next week we, we start talking about some Halloweeny. No, no, no. We'll start okay. off with Oktoberfest. Let's Whoa. start off with drinking. Oh, I'm done for that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's start off with Let's alcohol actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. drinking just, just, and the Halloween aspect. No, no, we start no, no, off with drinking. Drinking, uh, drinking, no, no, drinking. Drinking is a big part of a lot of things. I know. So Let's start yeah. off with drinking. So it's official. The next week's Geek Show is going to be a drunk Geek Show. Yes, it's going to be Oktoberfest on the Geek Show. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's very different. All these horror things that people are doing. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, all, we'll all quaff. Mm. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll have that next week. We have the quiz tomorrow, but this will be out after that, so it's completely irrelevant, me mentioning it. But as ever, the quiz is the second Thursday of every month, so yes. I always keep an eye out for that. And our Facebook page, uh, our Twitter, TJS underscore The Geek Show, on uh, Tumblr, Steam, Mal... Under your bed, in your kitchen, in your shed, in the basement, everywhere. And, and your, <laughs> Rob might actually make an appearance uh, inside your food cupboard, playing with his balls. Reorganising. This is this Rob over here. In the lost here, dimension. Though. Not this yeah. Rob over here. They have rather be reorganising the, the tinned food. Yeah, I will be reorganising <laughs> the tinned food. Uh, but yeah, that is all we have time for. I have been Rob. I have been Rob. I've been Ryan. I have been Aidan. I've been Craig. And see you next time.
over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.